record. <laughs> Hello, Michelle Wade. How are you doing today? Hi there. I'm oh, well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you. So you're back in New York, yeah? I am. I've been back for about a month now and um, just getting reacclimated to everything. I finally found a place to live. And so I'm excited about that because um, I really feel like um, I haven't felt grounded because I've just been in a hotel for the whole month. You know? Wait, what? Oh, my so, God. So, you know, finally found a home. And so I'm, I'm happy about that now. So you've had an incredible career. I mean, thus far, and you're still so amazing. I mean, how did you get into radio? Well, you know, I grew up singing and performing around my hometown of Houston. And, um, you know, I just always had this love of music. I mean, like we all do, right? Yeah. Um, I had this love for music. And um, when I went to high school, actually all of them, I have three siblings and we all studied radio and television in high school. Okay. I went to a high school in Houston called Jack Yates High School. Um, and uh, same high school that um, George Floyd went to, same high school that uh, Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad went to. Um, but um, we had a school of communications. You know, there was, you know, the regular school and then there was the magnet school of communications and we learned journalism and and radio and television. And so we studied that in high school. And as a matter of fact, because all of my siblings studied it, um, it could have been a family business, but I turned out to be the only one of my siblings to pursue Yeah. And so, yeah, when I, you know, when I um, graduated high school, I still wanted to, you know, come and sing on Broadway or something like that. But my mom was like, no, you're going to college. And so when I got to college, I was like, what do I want to major in? I didn't want to major in music because most of the time you're studying uh, music education and I didn't want to go that route. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to study what I studied in high school, radio and television. And it wasn't until I I started um, working at my college radio station that I decided, hey, you know what? I think I want to pursue this as a career. And so that's how how I I got started studying it in high school and in college. Now, interesting. Um, Can we hear like a little snippet of Miss Shelley singing? Oh, gee, please. Just a little bit, bit because that is so cool. I mean, you're so charismatic. So if I could (laughs) a little bit, that would be really cool. Oh, my God. I haven't, you know how they say you you, uh, don't use it, you lose it. So my voice isn't the strongest right now. So I don't want to get out here and sound crazy. But what what could I sing um, that wouldn't wouldn't require me uh, doing some (laughs) Houston or or, or Mariah Carey acrobatics with my mouth, with my Okay, they are amazing, though. Like, honestly. So I'm not going to try those. (laughs) I'll try something easy. You know, I'll try Amazing Grace. Um, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. That same wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was, did I say the wrong, um, I, I was, Jelly. Oh. But now I'm 
found. I think I got the words wrong at the end. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my Shelly. A little pitchy here and there, but. <laughs> no, no. You, you took my breath away. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was you. beautiful. And thank you so much um, for sharing that with me. You're so talented. Um, you. So something I was curious about is your favorite guests that you've ever interviewed. Because I know you've done Kanye West. Like, you've done, like, everybody's so cool. You know, I, um, I have fun with that, that Kanye, it's so, you know, it's so interesting you would bring up Kanye because I, um, it was one of my, um, favorite, uh, memories, uh, of doing an interview out live at a location, because when I interviewed him, it was in Times Square at this, uh, ironically enough, this karaoke place in Times oh, Square, okay. but, but we didn't karaoke. He actually performed and that year, it was when the year his graduation album came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was about to go on a huge tour. And at the time I was uh, on the radio at Z100 New York and um, Z100 had wanted him to sing and perform at our Jingle Ball show at Madison Square Garden. It's the yearly show uh, they have every, you know, Jingle Ball is, yeah. it's, it's all over the country now, but back then it was just for Z100. Um, and Kanye couldn't perform at Jingle Ball that year because he had already scheduled his own tour. But he said, tell you what, he said, I'll perform um, a private show for some of your listeners. Oh, wow. And um, at the time I was obsessed with the graduation album. And I said to my boss, Sharon, I was like, I have got to host this show. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, so yeah, I can't remember, um, maybe it was Spotlight. I can't remember the name of the, the, the karaoke place. I think it was Spotlight Live or something like that. And so um, they shut it down and, and we gave away tickets to listeners. And it was just like a select few listeners in the audience and you know some of my coworkers. And, and uh, Kanye was only supposed to perform like maybe two songs. And he was enjoying himself so much that he performed wow. like about four or five songs because we all, I was obsessed with the album and so were our listeners. And so we were, he knows, I mean, the album had just come out and we knew all the words. And so he was really excited. And so um, he performed uh, extra long for us and we just had a great time. Um, So that is a good memory for me. I would say though, Probably my favorite interview experience mm-hmm. was Janet Jackson, just because okay. I've, I've been a fan of her since I was, you know, a kid. And just to be able to have her in the studio with me Presence. all to myself, <laughs> asking her questions and oh, she's answering awesome. them. And it just, you know, I've always had this, you know, this fantasy in my head that she's like a big sister to me, you know. Okay, but that's that's really cool. Oh, my God. That is <laughs> like so, so just to be iconic. Able to interview her and. You know, I just watched, I don't know, did you get a chance to watch her her documentary on Lifetime recently? I didn't know it was on. There it was amazing. Okay. It was one she produced herself. Okay. So it was like, um, you know, it wasn't like someone did this documentary and they're guessing what happened. She actually had a hand in it herself. And yes. she revealed okay. so many things that we may not have known and behind the scenes secrets about what happened, you know, with her marriage and, and, and you know, relationships that she had and I already loved Janet since I was a kid, but after seeing that documentary, I was like, I didn't think it was possible, but I love her more. <laughs> you know, so um, if you get a chance, you should check it out. I'm not sure. Yeah, if it's I'm gonna look it up right now. I am literally gonna look it, it up. It was on right Lifetime. Now. I'm not sure if it'd be online or anything, but it was so so good. Um, but I'd say she was probably my favorite interview. You know, oh, so um, just because you know it was kind of like a childhood you know thing for me. 
Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I see it right here. It is it is a <laughs> lifetime. That's I'm gonna show yeah. it now. Oh my god, that's so yeah, yeah, cool. maybe it's on demand now. So um mm-hmm. you've been uh New York, San Diego, you've been all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. is it okay to ask a little bit about like, you know, why you're over there, you're over here, and you know, you're you're a radio host, you're like on the road, you're like, so is it okay to ask about that? Sure. So what do you want to ask about it? <laughs> No, I'm asking, you know, New York to leave New York is so big. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you know, it's, it, it, it was never in my plan, actually, Lily. It just really was, wasn't in my plan. You know, I, I grew up in Houston, as I said, and yeah. um, I started my career in Houston and I was really successful at home. Um, so there was really no reason for me to leave because Houston is a big market in itself. Yeah, to yeah, tell totally. the truth. Um, but you know, there was that little kid in me that still wanted to, you know, even though I didn't come to New York and sing on Broadway, it's still the big city of dreams. You know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And so when I, you know, got into radio, I was like, you know what, I would love my own radio show in New York City, you know, and I worked really hard for a lot of years and it finally happened. Um, And I was here for 12 years. And then the, the company that I worked for at the time, they replaced me with Ryan Seacrest. And so I had to go into the overnights and I just am not a night owl like that, you know? Um, so yeah. And as if Ryan needed another job, huh? <laughs> no, I'm sad for you because you're so charismatic and you were the heart of that. Thank but you. Whatever. I mean, you know, it's, it wasn't, but I don't really feel it's not something to take personally, right? Because my yeah, show was number one at the time. Yeah. My show was number one at the time. So it wasn't, they didn't replace me because I was sucky. Yeah. <laughs> they replaced me because he was a celebrity, you know? Yeah. And so um, it happens. It happens a lot. I'm not the only yeah. one that it happened to. But my point in saying it is that when he came in, I had the choice of whether I wanted to leave or work in the overnights. And I wanted to keep a job. So I went yeah. into overnights, but I didn't want to keep doing that forever. Mm-hmm. And so also I was at the time, you know, working overnights and then all the blizzards that were coming here to New York all the time. Yeah, Yeah, we get a lot of snow up here (laughs) in the middle of the night and, you know, 2 a.m. and it's freezing. I just, I was ready for some warmth. And so when I got an offer to go to San Diego, I was like, you know what? I've always heard really amazing things about how beautiful San Diego was. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to think about this. And I, I, I talked to my family. And they were like, you should take it. And it really was, you know what I felt like that move did for me more than anything. I really don't feel like it was a career thing as much, you know, cause I was already in New York, you know, you make it yeah. to number one, you know, so, so like it, wasn't like a, it was a life thing. I felt like, um, San Diego for me had healing powers. Oh, wow. I really felt like I got there and I did a lot of healing, you know, because if you can imagine you have that bump in your road in your career and it wasn't what you planned, you were doing everything right, but still that happened to you. And so it was kind of traumatic for me. And so when I went to San Diego, it was like, it helped me heal because it was such a beautiful place. Going to the ocean all the time really was very healing for me Mm. and going on long hikes. And I, um, I, got a lot healthier and I was happier as a result. And, um, you know, although I had done uh, quite a bit of television when I was in New York, it wasn't until I got to, um, to SoCal, Southern California, that I really started getting a lot of TV work. 
Park, you know, appearing on national TV um, consistently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was on the talk and they they kept having me on for at least six years. And, and I was on the Today Show several times and I'm making appearances on CNN. And so I'm doing all of this uh, national TV stuff because TV was actually a, a goal of mine before I even got into radio. Okay. And so okay. the fact that when I got to, to San Diego, um, you know, I think it probably had a lot to do with, you know, me being ha happier and healthier as well. Wow. Um, you know, and that give, gives you the more courage to go after your Motivation. dreams. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I was able, when I got there, I was able to experience the most um, television success that I had experienced uh, wow. thus far. So it was, um, it was healing and it was, um, it was career affirming as well. And so that's the reason I went to San Diego. Um, you know, the, the, I needed some sunshine, you know, I got out there yeah. and I, <laughs> adapted to that lifestyle. I, you know, I had to make sure I had my sunglasses on every day. <laughs> flip flops. Okay. I love it. I totally love it. it. Just, it was really magical. It really was. Oh my it's God. Do you hate it back up city. here? What'd you say? Do you hate it back up here now? <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I love New York because I was here for so long before. Yeah. It's the second home for me. You know, You're I healed. absolutely love New York. You know, I felt like those years that I was in SoCal, yeah. it really prepared me for coming back here because now um, I'm back here. You know, when I first got to New York in 2001, I got here a couple of months before 9-11. Um, before I got here, you know, I was, I was a lot younger and when you're, when you're coming in a lot younger and you're not, not as experienced, you feel like you have so much to prove, you know? And so now I'm here, I'm older. I have so much experience under my belt. I don't have anything to prove to anyone. I no longer feel like I have anything to prove. I feel like I'm just here having fun, you know? Oh my God, and, I love um, that. So yeah, many people just, don't achieve that in life, you know, even being 30, you, mm -hmm. you have achieved an inner serenity and that's sensational. I mean, what advice would you give to people since you've achieved it? Like, I could tell, like, you're like just lounging your jewels. Like, <laughs> that's what you remind me of. Just like, mm. you know what? To, really, to tell you the truth, I can't say, you know, because there's no such thing as perfection. You know, we're all yeah. constantly learning. No matter how old you get, you're constantly yeah. learning. I, you know, that's one thing. I, I used to think that once I got to a certain age, I was going to know everything. And then I finally realized, no, there's no time in my life that I'm ever going to know everything. True. Even when I'm 90, I'm going to be learning. And yeah. so when you, when you figure that out, you're like, okay, you're less critical of yourself. And I'm certainly uh, by no means, um, I, I feel like sometimes I still feel like a hot mess, you know, <laughs> but I do okay. know that I have a lot of wisdom and a lot of hmm. um, experience, you know, under my belt. And I'm more confident in myself. That's, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect or I feel like oh, I won't have days because I do have days where I worry but when I have those days I quickly re recognize it and I'm and I think that's from all the years of therapy <laughs> to tell you the truth to be honest with you I quickly recognize when I'm being hard on myself mm -hmm. or when I'm worrying to a point where it's just not healthy yeah. and I reel it in and I remind myself that you know all is well you're not perfect you're learning constantly and I do feel like I've been given to, you know, when I pray 
if I'm nervous about something, I'll say, God, thank you for giving me all the tools that I'll need to be successful at this, you know? And then that gives me confidence to move forward. So I guess that's the advice I can give. You know how, how they say, um, in, in uh, I think Glinda the Good Witch said to Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, remember she said, you've had it all along or something like that? I don't know, and she clicks her shoes or something. Yeah, at the end, yeah, she something like that. you've had it all along, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's the same with us all. Hmm. You know, once you get to a certain point, if you're really paying attention to the lessons you've learned, yeah. um, it, it's like you realize, wait a minute, I've had it in me all along. You know, it's like you think that, you know, um, that there's this big thing you have to do, but then you start realizing, wait a minute, I've had it all along and I can do this. And I, you know, you just realize that. And so I just... Um, would just tell people if you're feeling anxious about something, if you feel like you can't achieve something, you can just say, hey, listen, I've been blessed with all the tools that I'll need to be successful. And then that calms you down. It's almost like taking a deep breath and a deep breath in, deep breath out. And it's like, okay, you know, yeah, and you can move forward with that confidence. You know, I've had it, I've had it all along. You know, that is so important. I think so many people, um, especially with COVID, um, the pandemic, they've been really struggling with, you know, um, their businesses shut down. And and this piece of advice you just gave, I think a lot of people are going to find very vital because, Mm -hmm. you know, things might be tough, but, you know, you've got this, you know, you've gotten this far. So I think that's so... Yeah, and you make a good point because these last uh, couple of years have been a struggle for yeah, all of us. Definitely. You know, I knew um, at one point, you know, during the pandemic, during the shutdown, I was still living in San Diego. You know, and I'm single. I live alone, mm-hmm. and I, I, I took, I, I took um, it very seriously, isolating. I really did, and so I felt very isolated. You know, I, t- I took. I took it very seriously that you should stay away from people. You know, even going to the store, I was concerned. What, you know, because at first yeah. at the beginning, you remember, we didn't know how easy it was to catch it. And it was like, oh my God, if someone stands next to me. So even going to the store was scary. Yep. And I, I isolated myself, but at the same time, I felt very isolated, you know, and and I felt very, It was it's the most isolated and alone I've ever felt. Oh and I noticed though, that I was watching a video, I was, I was making a video um, on social media, for social media, and my mom used to make these tea cakes, these cookies, tea cake cookies, oh, cute. when we were okay. growing up, and it always comforted me, so I called my mom, I was like, mama, I was like, how do you make those tea cake cookies? Oh, this is so cute. And she gave me the recipe, and I went to the store, you know, I, I braved. <laughs> mask up, and just like. <laughs> yeah, mask up, and I went to the store. I know the feeling, I know the feeling. <laughs> Yeah. And I got the ingredients and I just felt like it would comfort me. You know, we were seeking everything that could comfort us, you know? And so I said, I'm going to make these cookies. My mom used to make for us growing up. And, um, so I, I did that. And as I was looking at my, looking back at the video, I realized I had gained so much weight and that's when it dawned on me that I was depressed. You know, it wasn't a weight gain. Cause I'm kind of like, I'm the kind of person where I, you know, I fluctuate, my weight fluctuates. My, I'm Dude, used to whatever. being, 
I, I mean, used to be, you know, well, you know, got I was pre-diabetic, so I know the feeling yeah. of like going up and down. So yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. So my weight fluctuates. That doesn't surprise me. But what yeah. did surprise me as I was watching is how much weight I gained in such it's a short period of time. And that's when I realized because I'm the kind of person where I eat my feelings, you know, and that's when I realized, oh, my God, I'm depressed, you know. Um, and so the my point in saying all of not to be Debbie Downer. <laughs> no, it's very important to be real. Yeah. But you had a great point though, as you were saying with the pandemic and you know, all the things we're going through emotionally. Yes. And so I went through it just like so many people. Um, I went through depression during the, you know, the 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 lockdown. And um, I'm so happy that I'm at a much better place now, just emotionally. And, you know, for a little while, when I left San Diego and I went back to live in Houston with my family and my sisters and I, we did sister stuff and we just had the best time. I I felt so loved and uplifted and surrounded by love and support. And I needed that after the pandemic, you know, not that the pandemic is over, but after yeah, being, I mean. yeah. feeling isolated during the lockdown, I needed that so much. I was at home for six months thinking that I was going to be in Houston permanently. And then I got this job offer in New York. I'm like, wait, what? I just left San Diego. And I was thinking I was going to be in Houston for years. And this, where did this come from? And so it was something that was unexpected, but I I, I feel so relieved that I had that time with my family uh, because what it did was it, it fueled me and it got me ready for this. You know, it was like my, awesome. my batteries were charged and I, I felt love and uplifted and that love I feel has catapulted me into what I'm, where I am now. Um, and I feel like, um, I feel, I feel like I can do this because I had such love surrounding me those few months that I was in Houston, you know, it was like just what I needed. That's awesome though. Because so now I can take, I'm back. I can take New York on. And, I love you know, that. Yes. You no, know, that's really important though, Shelly, because so many people, like I said, with COVID, they've been upset, mm-hmm. but your authenticity about how you have come from this point to mm-hmm. recognition to fixing what was bothering you to going towards something that just made you feel at home again, made you feel what you wanted to feel. And now you're like, you know what? I got this. I, I think it's highly inspiring. Honestly, make a book, Thank girl, you. make a book. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I'm happy that you're in a better place though. I, yeah, I think I that am. it's important to check on each other from, you know, here and there. So yeah. Now, I guess I'm going to be Debbie Doubter. Um, what would be <laughs> the hardest hardship in your career thus far that you have overcome? And it's I would like say, um, what I shared with you earlier when um, I was replaced by Ryan Seacrest. Because, oh, really? That? Oh, my. Yeah, it was because I had worked my whole career to. I'd always, my dream was to have my own radio show in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, at, to that point, I had done that shift for seven years and my show was number one. I was doing everything right. I got and taken sudden, from you. Yeah, and so it like was very show. devastating <laughs> for me. And I remember going through a, a big depression back then as well. Um, it was very, very devastating for me because again, I was doing everything right, you know? Um, And so that, that, I think that was what devastated me. But at the same time, 
I learned a lot from that experience as yeah. well. And I know you, you keep bringing up the point where, you know, I you know, learned and I positive because I'm not the kind of person, you know, although, you know, there's this, everyone feels like, oh, Shelly, you know, when they listen to me on the radio, you know, I think pe- the thing that people bring up to me the most is that I'm, I sound very happy and, and it makes them happy. And, and you know, and I am happy, especially, you know, because I, I derive a lot of pleasure from work. I always have. Even when I was a little girl, I was like, career, 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 you know, for whatever reason, that's always been my thing. So I am very happy. But at the same time, there's this odd duality that I've suffered some depressions over my life. And everyone thinks happy, happy, happy. But I've also been sad, sad, sad in some point, you know. And so what I've learned from all of those experiences is that I don't like to be sad. I don't think most people like to be no. sad. And so what I've tried to do is figure out how can I get myself out of this? So because I've, a fighter. I've a fighter and I've learned over the years, what, you know, what makes you depressed and then mm-hmm. to put yourself in a you know, to pay attention, I think that's what we all, because a lot of the times we're kind of going through life, just kind of, um, it's almost like we're on this yes. hamster wheel. Yes. With yeah. blinders on, on a hamster wheel. And we don't often stop pay attention to what we're going through. You know, like we will try to numb ourselves out by True. eating or drinking or whatever it is we do. And we don't really delve into what makes us unhappy or what is this and how can I make it better for me the next time it happens. Cause I noticed that that had become a theme in my life. You know, when I was in my late teens, I went through a major depression. And then, you know, when I, you know, here, when I went through the major depression, you know, and then I remember I went through a bad breakup and I got really depressed. And then I, you know, the, you know, all of that, but how could I, how can I learn from it, you know? And so when I feel myself going there again, it won't be as bad because I, what I noticed was when I would go through those depressions, I would just completely shut down. And there, there was a lack of uh, productivity as far as I was concerned in life because I was so down and depressed. And I didn't want that kind of time because life is short. I didn't want it to be taking up that much of my life anymore. And so when my dad passed away a few years oh, ago, sorry. I was struggling. Thank you. But I was really struggling with his death, really struggling so much so that I was concerned for myself. And so that's when I decided to go to therapy. I'd been to therapy before, but, you know, I had never found a therapist that I really thought was good for me. Mm-hmm. And I finally found a therapist that I thought was perfect for me when I was in San awesome. Diego. And, um, she really helped me and gave me a lot of tools that, um, I have been able to, uh, use to not get into those depressions anymore. I think I can honestly say, you know, barring the depression I I went through, you know, because of the pandemic, um, I can honestly say I probably will never be that depressed anymore. Like I was a few other times in my life, because I realize the signs now. And I'm paying attention. And I also know how to stop myself from going for a perfect example. So if I feel like, um, you know, something is, 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 is upsetting me. Yeah. I know that there is something that I can do to take Mm. myself out of it. So, you know, you write down a list of things, and this is again, advice from my therapist, you write down a list of things that makes you happy. And that's not just, you know, just not like, Oh, I like to just 
see the sunshine. No, no like detailed. A hobby or the stuff you like. Yeah. And then also be very detailed. I, this song makes me happy because there, and, and so you have this, this con this long list of things that makes you happy. And so if you're, you're finding yourself down and depressed, you can actually go to that list and say, do something that makes you happy immediately. You know, and that's not to say that that fixes everything, but it keeps hmm. you from feeling sorry for yourself. It keeps you from going down that rabbit hole because sometimes we, sometimes it's very seductive to be down and depressed. You know, if that makes any sense to you, sometimes you get, you get depressed and you're like, oh, I got to just surrender to it, you know, know, and I got to surrender to it and you stay in it. You know, really, it's okay to have feelings and be upset about bad days. Yes. (laughs) It's okay to feel bad. Stay in it for months. No. And so you have the ability to, you've written this list. Yes. You have the power inside of you. And I think that is so Mm -hmm. important because um, I think my mom has shared with you, you know, what has, you know, happened uh, with people stalking me and being very cruel. And it could be very um, dehumanizing. You don't even feel Mm -hmm. like a human anymore with Mm -hmm. the amount of hate, the lies. Something we have worked out together Mm -hmm. is that um, when something comes out that is negative and I know it's going to trigger me, Mm-hmm. I don't go on social media. I don't go on my yep. phone. I don't go on my computer. I don't go on anything. She takes care of the comments, the emails, whatever. And I think that that has been a really great help to my mental health because mm-hmm. it's kind of like what you said. If I know something's going to, I'm just going to, because yeah. my family's helping me with it. And I should accept that help. I shouldn't mm-hmm. um, enable myself to be more upset than I need to be. So mm-hmm. I think that Miss um, Shelley Wade should write a book. I'm just saying <laughs> you are so inspiring. I mean, honestly, Thank girl, you. how do you, a podcast? Something? I mean, <laughs> I would love to listen to you about this subject anytime. You're so yeah. inspiring Thank and authentic. You. Yeah, it's just, as you said, we have the power and yes. no one's perfect. We all go through things, but how you handle it is, you know, they say yes. um, it's your character, you know, how you, because mm-hmm. we're all going to face things, right? Yeah. But how you handle it is what really defines mm-hmm. um, your character. Very true. Um, you know, and so uh, you can pull your, I, I can say I'm the most proud of myself for, you know, when, when people thought, oh, you know, when something like that happened, like, oh, your career is over or something like that. And for me, I'm going to say that to you. Well, people don't say specifically that, but they mean that, you know, if you're leaving New York, you know, people think you're leaving New York then oh my God, why are you going to a lower market kind of thing? It's like, for me, it was about health and, 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 and my, um, well-being and sanity, you know, and for me, it wasn't like, um, you know, cause I've already done number one, I did it for 12 years. So what's important for me now is feeling healthy and working overnights every day. Wasn't making me feel healthy. Um, my health was declining. And so getting out and getting, getting vitamin D and going to the ocean really made me very happy, you know, and you could tell the difference. Like when I, when I left here and then you would see my pictures, when I got to San Diego, I'm like, sunshine is all over me. And I was so happy. And so I'm happy that I've been really propelled to when something is happening. Um, I guess you could say to me, but if, if I've gone through an experience, I'm not just, um, 
wallowing in it. I'm trying to figure out how do I improve? How do I make my situation better? And then I, not only have I done it, but it's made me a wiser and better person because of it. And so God, I love you. <laughs> I can say that's probably what I'm more proud of than anything mm-hmm. is that I've been able to triumph over certain things that, um, that, you know, some people haven't been able to triumph, yeah. you know, it's hard sometimes when you go through, um, to, through tragedies or, yeah. or things that have, you know, I guess, I guess I can say more than a bump in a road, roadblocks, I guess you could say. Um, and then how do you get around, you know, there's ways of you, to, you can get around it. You can, you can go under it, over it, you know, but you're just, someone else can't block you. You, you have the power, as you said earlier, yep. you have the power. It may seem that this person can block you yep. um, maybe because they have power in other ways. Um, but if you want something, you can achieve it. It's you just have to oh find God. a way over it, around it, under it. You can do it. It may not be in the way you originally pictured it, but if you keep trying, you, you know you're you're resilient. Uh, the stick to itiveness. You know, if you have that, you can you can achieve it. No one else can block the blessings that God has for you. No I- one. Love that so much because um, my mom has always had a saying for me and that's uh, you plant yourself like a tree and you don't move. And when people are coming at you, you know, you stand there, nobody can erase you, but you, Mm -hmm. and that um, analogy has really uh, stayed with me because it's, it's so true and vital. Mm -hmm. Um, Now on another end, on a positive note, um, on your new radio show, want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? That'd be really fun. Yeah. So you're happy with I that. Also, I also wanted to to mention to you because you were saying uh, sometimes with comments and such where oh, yes. you feel dehumanized. Sometimes you also have to, and you'll probably. Um, I don't know how old you are. You look really young to me. <laughs> twenty one. <laughs> yeah, you said twenty one. Yeah, my oh, birthday no. was April eighteenth. <laughs> oh, happy happy um, belated birthday! Thank you, Shelly. So what is your birthday? The day after um, uh, Easter, my brother's birthday was the seventeenth, okay. um, and I'm I'm not extraordinarily into astrology, but I'm a Sagittarian. I mean, oh uh, my god, I love Sagittarius. Stop! I'm an yeah. Aries. Sagittarius. Yeah, Aries, I know, and that's why I was telling you. That's why. Oh I was yes. You. My most compatible signs are allegedly Aries and Leo. <laughs> And and, and my two sisters are Leos and my brother is an Aries. (laughs) Oh, fabulous. Okay. You know, my mom said to me, you will love Shelly. You will just love, (laughs) love, love her. And I can understand why you are so incredible, Shelly. Thank you. What I was going to tell you real quick, though, is that when, and you'll learn this as you get older, Lily Jean, that when people are terrible to you, it's not you, it's them. Yeah, they're projecting. Really? It's easy for me to yeah. say something like that to you, but you, at some point in your life, you're going to really understand that because mm-hmm. it takes a while to really get it. How they say, you know, bullies, bullies are bullies because they're insecure. Um, people who say nasty things to you, um, they're not secure within themselves. And they're hoping that the words they say to you or whatever they do to you will make you feel as bad as they feel. Mm-hmm. because they feel really bad. They're unhappy people. Yeah. They want to make other people unhappy. And so, you know, when, when someone's saying something nasty, it's really not about you. 
It truly is not about you. And I know it's easy to hear. I mean, for me to say it, yeah, truly not about you. So don't internalize it at all. These people don't know you. You may share part of your life with them. Yes, but they don't know my life. Yeah, yeah, and that's perfectly fine that you want to share things, but certainly they don't know everything about you. And, and nor do they have the right to try to, you know, presume that they know exactly what you're feeling about something and that they can try to make you feel bad because they feel bad about themselves. They really are unhappy. And that's how you look at them. They're unhappy people. And just pray for them that they can be happy to find happiness at some point in their yeah, life. Because it's nothing to do with you. I think I have gotten to the place personally where, you know, sometimes I ask God, you know, why, why? But then I say to myself, God always has a plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm strapped in. And, um, you know, I do oftentimes find myself, myself feeling very sorry for people who write these things. You're ugly. You're, you know, that stuff really doesn't get under my skin. It's the things mm-hmm. that attack my character that bother mm-hmm. me because it's like, yeah. you know, the things that they say, they're not true, Shelly. I mean, that's why I'm working on Project Bullyish, which is actually um, a film I'm working on about online stalking and, you know, all this stuff, because it's mm-hmm. like, this is kind of like an epidemic going on on the internet. And, you know, somebody needs to talk about it. It's, yeah. it's not okay for somebody to take your digital human rights, the right to just have a platform and feel okay mm-hmm. on it, the right to have your own privacy. You know, these yeah. are things that have been breached for me. So, for me, I would say that mm, maybe like, I don't know if scientific is the correct word, but like scientifically just like figuring out like, why is this person doing this? Okay, how do I go from here has been very helpful for me personally. And mm-hmm. maybe that goes back to like your list idea of like listing things down, because in a way that was my way to list things down. Like mm-hmm. why, what, what would inflict this? And the truth is there's nothing Lily Jean to do that is right. <laughs> you know, these people are always going to hate. And that point in my life um, so far has been a good hump to get over, you know? Yeah. I mean, like for me, I, I, of course, like, like, like I said, I keep, keep, keep saying it. I'm not a perfect person and Nobody not is. a stretch of the yeah. imagination. I never even try to be perfect, but I try to be the best Shelly that I can be, yeah. whatever that means for me on a particular day, you know, but certainly I never wake up with the intention of doing harm to anyone. And yeah. so for me, when I think of people who wake up, who actually wake up trying to figure out how they can make other people feel bad or how they can take yeah. advantage of someone else, it's really sad. It really yeah. is. It's like, imagine what you can accomplish if you're thinking about good things to do. I have thought world. of this, by the way, that exact perspective. I have thought of you know? Imagine if these people put that time and effort into Louis into something of- productive. It's a lot of effort to be nasty and negative. Yes. It's really sad. It's And it has nothing to do with you, so... I think that's, that's really the, great though, Shelly. They'll attack yeah. you now, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, listen, I don't really, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just really don't even subscribe to that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I, I don't, um, I don't internalize things. Yeah. People, these people don't know me, you know? So, <laughs> I think that's and, really, and, that's important. The, the, yeah. the separation between internet and real life, right? Mm-hmm. That's like so important. Like you go on the air, but like, mm-hmm. What you do at, at home or, you know, you go to a cafe, that's what Chili wants to do. She didn't mm-hmm. share that with you. <laughs> and yeah. that's your privacy. And I think that's, that's an important fact for people to understand. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just try to put positivity out there when I can. Yeah. Um, and um, 
you know, if someone's being negative, uh, you know, that's, that's on them. That's, if that's how you want to be that day, it has nothing to do with me as far as I'm concerned, but you know, I'm a lot older than you, you know, and and I've, uh, you know, you, your generation has grown up with this, with social media. And so that's why I think you probably have felt it more um, personally, you know, than, than, than I have, you know, and I'm just like, you know, if someone doesn't personally know me and they're just saying bad things about me, I, I am so excited about it because, um, um, we are 94, seven, the block New York's number one for throwbacks. And it's such a fun station. We play, um, a lot of, um, songs from like the nineties and the, you know, early two thousands and a few, you know, spatterings of eighties or, you know, late eighties things, but it's a super fun station. And uh, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from listeners uh, so far. Um, And, you know, as I told you, you know, I came back to New York feeling like I had nothing to prove to anyone and I just wanted to enjoy myself and I'm doing just that. It's such a fun station, you know, and I do feel like, um, you know, although this opportunity kind of came out of nowhere, I feel like it was something that God wanted me to do. I feel like this is, you know, God has a a perfect plan for my life. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just am on the journey and trying to be the best, you know, like I said, the best Shelly I can be while having fun. You know, if there's anything that, that the, you know, the pandemic has taught us, we don't know if we're promised the next second, you know, um, and you just, just really have to try to get the most out of life that you can, you know, That's and I, I am very cognizant of the times where I feel super happy and hopeful and I really take it in with a gusto, you know, and, um, I just really try to, and I really value people who are very kind to me. And I, I make sure that I am paying attention and taking it in, you know, and, um, here at the station, everyone has been so extraordinarily kind to me and, and very, um, you know, they just are, you know, they're just uh, supportive and, and um, constantly telling you, oh, you sound amazing. How about doing this and trying That's to help great. me you know, better the show. And it, it's just a really wonderful experience. You know, I'm, I'm very happy uh, with how things are, are going. So when can people listen to you? And where I'm can they follow you on social media? I'm on air on 94.7 The Block, New York, um, every day from 2 to 7 p.m. I'm the afternoon host. And um, people from all over the country can listen wherever you are by downloading the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, the Odyssey app. And um, search for 94.7 The Block, New York, and then you can hear me. Uh, Nick Cannon is on um, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I come on right after him, uh, 2 to 7 p.m. And then Ed Lover uh, comes on um, at 7 p.m. And so it's a a fun crew so far. And um, we're just, I just can't wait to see where the station goes. It's a brand new station, you know? Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait, wait to see um, how the station grows and, um, you know, us getting more, even more listeners. And thanks to you, um, getting more listeners. And um, I'm just really excited for everything. Oh, and uh, social media, Um, Facebook, All the Rage with Shelly Wade. 
that's where I am on Facebook. Please do like that on Twitter. <laughs> like that, follow, follow. <laughs> At Shelly Wade. And um, don't forget the, sh- the EY because there's another Shelly Wade. I-, I found out the last time I lived here in New York, I was trying to um, do ShellyWade.com. And people are always spelling my name incorrectly. They always leave the second E out. And so, um, and so I said, you know what? Well, let me buy shellywade.com with the E and without the E because everyone's always spelling my name incorrectly. And then they were like, someone already has the one without the E. And I'm like, oh, and then they said, she's a singer. And so I emailed her. I was like, are you going to do anything with Shelly? She's like, I'm a singer and I'm going to have my own site. So I say all that to say, if you just do ShellyWade.com, you're following the singer. And I mean, I mean, so, I'm sorry. If you just do at Shelly Wade without the E, you're following the singer. And yeah, follow her too. But also <laughs> don't forget to follow me. And it's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-W-A-D-E um, at Shelly Wade on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. And I say that because- <laughs> It happens again? At Shelly Wade. Oh. You know, I'm so um, in tune with that because of the way my name is spelled. So many people spell it wrong. And yeah. it's like, they spell it like L-I-L-L-I-E. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, and there is a Lily Jean, <laughs> L-I-L-Y. And it's yeah. like, no. <laughs> so, oh my God, Shelly, you're so awesome to have on. I loved having you on. You. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Um, Thanks I, for having me. I appreciate a, it. I want to take a photo together. So give me your okay. best. <laughs> Thank you. I'll send you links, okay? Okay, thank you, Lily Jean. Have a great weekend.